Welcome back to Judging Book Covers, your bi-weekly book club podcast where we're going through our 2019 book club challenge. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Megan Griffin. How are you doing tonight, Megan? I'm good. How are you doing? Okay, fighting a cold, but <laughs> ready to talk about this book. <laughs> ready to embarrass ourselves of our childhood yep. and yep. the things that we probably did. Oh, it's, <laughs> yep, get ready to hear a lot about puberty and sixth grade and religion, silliness. Maybe. Oh, definitely <laughs> sixth grade silliness. I said religion, maybe. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Friends. Yeah. Somewhat mean girl, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of thoughts on the mean girl oh, in yeah. this book and oh, how yeah. it ends. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into the book that we did for this week, I believe last time, Megan, you said you were going to read Comics Will Break Your Heart. I did. I finished it. It was adorable. Mm-hmm. I went down uh, last week and went down this like geek chic romance rom-com YA. I don't know. It was YA romance that somehow involves a comic con. <laughs> I don't know. There like needs to be a genre name for this. I read a couple of those books. It was wonderful. Nice. It was adorable. What about you? I said I was going to read The House of Many Ways, which is the third of the Howl's Moving yes. Castle series. I did. And I I really like this series. I really, I kind of yeah. wish that I had known of this when I was younger. Um, I think the first one's the best. Okay. But the kind of problem I have sort of is that, because in the first one, you learn so much about Sophie and Howell and you want to see more of them. And you do, you do get to see more of them, but they're not the main characters of the second one or the third one. And it's like, really? I just want to see more of them though. Like you get a good amount. Yeah. And the way they come up in the second one, I was not expecting. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but they were really good. And I also kind of liked in this one, your main character is Charmaine. And she's a young girl who leads a sheltered life where her mom finds things like doing dishes and learning how to cook, like not respectable for some reason. So she doesn't, the girl knows, she doesn't know how to do anything. And then she gets volunteered to house sit for her great uncle who is a wizard and he's sick. Um, So she's in a house of magic and she doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to cook. She doesn't want to clean. She just wants to sit and read. And I was like, you know, I identify with that. I just want to read. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) But she was killing me. I was like, you're just, you're not, you're not going to do any of this laundry. (laughs) Like, This is what you're supposed to be doing right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I kind of liked that. She was sort of unlikable to me in that sense where I was like, you're driving me crazy. Just do a little bit of cleaning. And she basically had to get forced to do it by someone else. And I was like, okay, she also doesn't know how to. So she has to be taught. Fine. Um, But I I liked that. That wasn't like an immediately super, I guess, likable character to me. Because some other people might read this and be like, oh, I love her. Or like right off the bat. Um, But I I did really like her. Just that one part where she just didn't want to like do anything. Drove me a little crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I like characters that are written to not be liked, but that you can relate and understand and still enjoy. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a really good sign of great writing. Yeah. She had a long day doing something else and she was like, I just wanted to come and sit and read. And now you're making me do these things. Like, Oh, I feel that in laundry my <laughs> and she didn't know. And she dumped all the clothes into one and turned all the white stuff pink. <laughs> you know, I wash all my clothes in the same so and me. have never done this. And I also don't have a lot of white clothes, though. That like may a lot also of just, be the like, thing. A plain white shirt. Yeah, 
I don't have that either. So yeah, I don't know. But it's not something I'm like, how does this happen? But I don't need to know. Don't tell me because I have washed right. laundry. I'm good. I'll just continue not buying plain white shirts and we'll be go. fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so for this week, we read Judy Bloom's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Oh. For our challenge, this was revisiting a childhood classic, and this was a book that I read many times as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> had you had you read this before? I have. I don't <laughs> think I've read it since. It might have been elementary school because I went. Yeah. I know I went through a Judy Bloom phase. Love her. I still do. And, but I don't think I've read it. And since maybe since I moved to Georgia, so God under ten. Oh wow. So yeah. Yeah. I'd say I probably last read it. I want to say middle school, but seventh or eighth grade might be too high. It might have been more around sixth grade and back somewhere like fifth, fourth to sixth grade probably. Yeah. Um, when I read it and reread it. <laughs> yeah, I think by the time that I actually was going through puberty, I was like, okay, I've got yeah. it. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So what's but, your cover look like? Or did you do an audiobook? No, I did uh, an ebook this time around. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, I guess, the more modern one. It is got her name and really big Judy Bloom. It's two hands that are holding, I guess, paper hearts. And, and then at the bottom, it's oh. in childlike handwriting that says, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. It's definitely a more modern cover because uh, yeah. that is not how I remember the cover looking. No, not at all. The cover I remember was yellow, and I feel like she was sitting there and staring out a window or something. Yeah. yeah. The cover I have is similar to yours. It's blue with Judy Bloom and are you there, God? And then in the center... There's a heart, but it's one of those like cutout types of covers. Oh, so when you open it, you get a page oh, of like cute. like a teen, a preteen collage yeah. with letters and bathing okay. suits and pads. Yeah, <laughs> nice. It's mine. I did see where they did an even more modern cover where it's a text message. Oh, says, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like it because one of the things that I both love and I don't want to say dislike, but like, I guess this shows me how far why it has come is how innocent, like absolutely innocent this book is. Oh my it God. Is yes. <clears throat> literally like reading my little sister's diary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the drama is there, but it's not severe. And there's no like yeah. deep realizations that should happen. Yeah. That you're just like, all right, child. Like, I, I would love another year of Margaret when she finally realizes Nancy is probably not good for her. I hope if she realizes it. God, I hope she does. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like, I, I feel like I, I remember describing this book to Chris. I was telling him about it. And I feel like I described Nancy as like, for me, like the original frenemy mean girl but then reading it i was like she's actually not that bad compared to today's standards of a frenemy mean girl she's like i guess frenemy light so to speak i mean she could always get worse with age she could oh definitely (laughs) um but that just also kind of speaks to the innocence of the book where i remember how she was the mean girl but then reading i was like she's actually not that bad (laughs) no with other things i've seen as like a lonely housewife almost like i can see that being her future where like all she's gonna do is gossip about her neighbors 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, at some point, hopefully she realizes that this gossip is not good yeah. and going to get her in trouble, but it's not, there are worse things she could be doing for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, we will, we will dig into her. Definitely. <laughs> so our title character is Margaret Simon. She's 11 when the book starts and we find out right away that her parents are moving her from her, their New York apartment to a house in Farbrook, New Jersey, which she is against. She does not want to leave the city. <laughs> um, we also find out as the book goes on that she, in terms of religion, she is not anything. Um, her dad was raised Jewish and her mom was raised Christian and the two of them getting together was not something that either one of their parents agreed with. Um, her maternal grandparents, she's never met. She knows nothing about. They basically sort of disowned their daughter when she decided Mm -hmm. to run off with this Jewish boy. Uh, but she does know and have a good relationship with her paternal grandmother, Sylvia, it's the vague, quintessential Jewish, <laughs> amazing, I just, like, she's overbearing as can be, but yep. I still love her. But so like, much. sweet, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, like, that um, child is her world. Yes. This is the I, uh, her only grandchild, as I understand it. Yes. And the par- her pa- Margaret's parents decided that she could basically choose a religion when she gets older, that they weren't going to raise her. Uh, with anything but she still talks to God on her own which is where the title comes from she starts every prayer or conversation off with are you there God it's me Margaret and then launches into whatever she wants to talk to him about mm-hmm. uh, one of the first things is she doesn't want to move to to New Jersey I believe is one of the first things yeah. she's nervous about moving new when school I, there's no like if she's leaving behind friends it's not really mentioned or anything like yeah which you would think that she would be i mean yeah if she was in one apartment i guess one school district i would assume in new york all this time she's got to be leaving behind some friends that she's had for at least a few years yeah i think at one point she gets mail and she's like i don't even think i gave my friends my new address and it was like correct (laughs) i mean i get it (laughs) i moved to roughly the same age as margaret's Mm. And now, granted, this book is originally from 1970, and and I moved in the 90s. But, like, I wrote a few letters. I remember the point I stopped writing letters was roughly when I was told that Harry Potter was cooler than Animorphs, and I was like, these kids no longer understand me. (laughs) We have nothing in common. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm at Facebook friends with... um, the essentially the girl who whose backyard was attached to mine like oh wow is the only thing that separated us i have not mm-hmm. seen her and honestly probably since i moved but we're facebook friends oh wow at this point and it's just like we were important to each other in those childhood years and yeah we haven't let go of that that's awesome i yeah so i went to a catholic school from <clears throat> kindergarten through second grade and then went to public school from there on out and there were a couple of kids from the Catholic school that I'm still Facebook friends with, but that's also because we then either met up again in elementary to middle school or again in high school. One of them okay. actually um, just got nominated for a SAG award because he was in, uh, was it Age of Ultron? No, not Age of Ultron. 
What was the last Avengers movie that came out? Infinity War. <laughs> okay, I was like, you just asked this. I am totally blanking. <laughs> if you watch the trailer for Infinity War, there's a shot of like the heroes lined up waiting for the attack. He's like right behind T'Challa. It's like, I went to school with him. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to have to anyway. go watch the trailer after this. Yes. <laughs> um, and then actually my sophomore year of college, my roommate wanted her hair uh, French braid. I, it's like, I can't help you. But another friend down the hall came and did it. And as we were talking, my roommate was like, yeah, I grew up in West Springfield. I was like, I grew up in Springfield. She's like, I went to Sacred Heart. I went to Sacred Heart. We were like best friends. <laughs> First or second grade. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, reunited several years. And the, per- the friend who came to do the hair braiding was like, this was like a month into school or so. She was like, you guys just figured this out. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, but I like I remember leaving that school and being sad about leaving her and like a couple other friends. I'm like, we'll keep in touch. And no, you don't. No, you how do you don't. do that in second grade? You don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you just, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. also, I, I can't. She might have found out in the summer, and I don't know how many people's like phone numbers she had exactly to yeah. tell that she was leaving because they moved right before what she said the Tuesday before Labor Day or something like that. Right. So she could have found it in the summer and really not seen friends again. Like it was just to those friends. Oh, Margaret's not back for sixth grade or whatever. Yeah, yeah I. Who knows? Especially because it sounds like she goes to summer camp every year. Or so. Yeah. I mean, kids come and go. It is a yeah, part of life. It's true. So. So she does make friends right away. Um, when they move, there's like a knock on the door and it's Nancy Wheeler. And she said that they sent out a packet about her or they like the neighborhood yeah. got a patent, which I was like, who, who does this? <laughs> it didn't strike me as too weird because. I remember when we moved to Georgia, we moved into a neighborhood and like everybody had kids around our age. So like you just kind of knew when these kids moved in, but I don't remember a pocket. Mm. That sounds very Gilmore Girls, but, but I, I do remember like you learned very quickly about the new kid. Okay. Even though our neighborhood had over 500 houses, it still was oh, like, wow. you knew. <laughs> um, Nancy is pretty friendly. She invites Margaret over right away to go run under the sprinklers and but Nancy really wants to know all about New York and Margaret definitely gets the impression that Nancy thinks that these New York girls are way more grown up and I guess more experienced in life and then Nancy was also very or yeah Nancy was surprised that Margaret was still flat like yeah how dare how dare there's an obsession like I mean I remember that age like when am I going to grow boobs? When am I going to get my period? Like, these were the big things. And that's these are the big things yeah. for all these girls um, at this age. I don't remember wishing for boobs. I remember fighting over having to wear a bra. Mm. And it was very, it was younger than, than sixth grade. I mean, and it was definitely not a Laura, but I. Uh, <sighs> Poor Laura. I know. Some feelings about that too. I get, there's a lot of feelings about Laura. <clears throat> like I just want to go hug her and tell her it's going to be okay, and then smack all of the other girls. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I had I I have a stepsister that's roughly the same age who is uh, she's a gymnast. So 
you know, she was built to be a gymnast and mm-hmm. that was a very frustrating thing for her. And yeah. Uh, so I do remember that drama. I don't think any of us ever chanted that we must, no. we must, we must, what was it? Grow our busts? Increase. I Increase think. our busts. That's it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I wonder if it still works. I- <laughs> The little group that forms, it's Nancy, Margaret, Gretchen, and Janie. And I like, (laughs) they get together and they all have to come up with a rule. And first they need to come up with a name for the group. And they come up with the PTSs, the preteen sensations. Which is a great name. Yes. (laughs) And then they all have to come up with a rule. So they they decide they're going to keep a boy book, a list of all the boys that they think are cute ranked. You know, in order. Uh, everyone has to get a bra by the next meeting was another one. I also like that they ca- they had to have nicknames. <laughs> I did, too. Like, I, that felt very much like my childhood. I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds like something that I would make up just to, like, you have to have a different identity. Yes. It was all together. Nancy. This was, of course, Nancy's idea. Of course. We should all have secret sensational names such as Alexandra, Veronica, Kimberly, and Mavis. Nancy got to be Alexandra. I was Mavis. <laughs> Mavis is kind of the lame one of name. Yeah, I mean, it's like, still a great name, but... It's... T- it's... <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's no Veronica. Um, it's no Veronica, right. Um, and then there was also the rule that the first one to get their period had to tell all the rest of them about all about it. Yes. And that they would meet, I think, once a week was another thing. Every Monday. Um, yes. And in one meeting, Nancy shows them this exercise to increase their bust, but they have to do it while chanting, I must, I must, I must increase my bust. And they have to do it 35 times a day. <laughs> And then 50, I think, when they're together or something. Yeah, they did it like 50 times one of the times that they they get together. Uh, I'm very glad I never had an older brother. Like, I'm actually really glad that my brother is much younger than me and, Mm -hmm. like, was not around for this stuff. Yes. Because, of course, there's an embarrassing moment when I think it's after they do it the 50 times, one of the times they do it, the, the exercise together, they open the door to find Nancy's brother Evan and his friend Moose standing outside the door, cracking up because they could obviously hear what the girls were doing. Yeah. Um, and of course, Margaret has a little crush on Moose, but she will never admit it uh, because she knows Nancy doesn't like him. And so, of course, they're all embarrassed. His name is Moose? I mean, like... Yeah, we don't get to find out what his real name is. <laughs> I Yeah, we don't. And I'm really curious if it's Moose. I mean, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things I found the most relatable about Margaret was at the beginning of the school year. So they move right before school starts and she sets up her desk and she says, <laughs> it's going to be very neat until like October. <laughs> and then that's it. Yep. It's just going to turn into a mess. I was like, I remember that, that I'm going to be organized. Everything's going to have its place and be super neat with all my school supplies. And that really, it did really only last until about October if yep. I was lucky. Yep. That sounds about right. Very real. 
I like that she seemed to really like school supplies. Like, I miss that age. Yeah. There's no I miss excuse. shopping for the school supplies I and then too. organizing them. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I Maybe also I like. back to college. No. <laughs> I also liked how Nancy decided, told her, you know, because she doesn't meet Gretchen and Janie until after school starts. So Nancy tells her to make sure that she wears loafers with no socks. On the Which first day, because painful. the cool kids—that's how they do it. And her mom says, "Why? Why are you not putting socks on? You know you're going to get blisters." And she's like, "It's fine, mom." Blah blah blah. Of course, she her she's in pain, blisters by the time she gets to school, and she's she's something like, "Why are mothers mothers always right about stuff like this?" Well, <laughs> <laughs> they know they know better. Yep. And then early on, we do sort of get introduced to Laura Danker, or Margaret gets introduce her she's a very tall yeah. young girl she's developed uh she clearly wears a bra she probably gets her period and i can't remember which of the which of the girls tells margaret this but she goes behind the a and p with evan and moose which what i love about this is that they're kind of like what the hell did she do back there <laughs> like right like you go back there with boys which we know is not good but we don't know what you would do back there right but we know right. you want to do whatever it is you do back there right but there's a lot of shaming of Laura. Laura, like, you don't want to get partnered up with her. You don't want to be near her because of this reputation. Just just because the poor girl, like, just because she's bigger. Yeah. <sighs> it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it, I was really uncomfortable that Nancy kept implying that the teacher was into yes. her. I was like, this child is 11 or 12. Right. That no, like he's no. twenty something. Yeah, he's a first time teacher, so he's had some schooling. Like yeah, like I I never got the impression unless it was something that Nancy said, and I was like, Nancy, you need to stop. Yeah, stop trying to cause trouble, Nancy. Yeah, <laughs> like. <sighs> but uh, she's apparently a really good student. Mm-hmm. Although, quiet. I did like where. So. It's one of the one test that they're taking, I think it was, where one of the kids decided no one's going to write their name on the test just to basically screw with, uh, I forget the teacher's name, Miles, Mr. Something. Something. <laughs> Something. Just to screw with him. And so they take the test and like Nancy didn't want to not put her name on it. Like she wanted credit because she knew she did a good job, but she, fine. If everyone else is doing it, fine. So she doesn't write her name. They come into school the next Monday. They get their papers back. Each paper has a name on it, and it's correct. Like, this poor teacher probably spent the whole weekend handwriting analysis and matching stuff up to put the names on it, but... I am curious if they, like, picked up the papers in order and didn't realize, like... Oh, my God. And he's probably, like... (laughs) not even think of that. (laughs) Well, that's probably where this person... Because I doubt they, like, sat there and shuffled it or anything and, like... Oh, my God. I did not... Get past your paper forward. Oh, I didn't think of that. That's probably what it was. He was, like, like, you idiots. (laughs) I really, really like the teacher, like... Yeah. To go from someone who... Wants to be a cool, different kind of teacher. He's young. Mm-hmm. He's got all these great ideas. He's not been broken down by kids. And these kids are like, we yeah. ain't scared of you. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Yep. You're going to be, though. <laughs> like, right. I think that was the final straw where it was like, he clearly won this. Like, yes. He won. <laughs> yes. Um, he also had the idea he wanted everyone to do a year-long project. 
which the kids were not excited about. No. Which he seemed upset about. But I was like, teacher, you're telling them that they have to do kind of extra work besides what you've already planned for them. Um, and we find out it's not graded towards the right. end. <clears throat> so I was like, what was right. the point of this? Right. I did. I felt like uh, Margaret did do some some good thinking, you know, yeah. trying to decide what she wanted to do. And she decides to do hers on religion because she wants to kind of she wants to figure out where she fits in. Does she go to the Y? Does she go to um, what's the other one? Because it I seems to just come point. down to two. The Jewish Center, I think. I think she's really torn between those two. Yeah, I mean, so her mom is from a Catholic family, mm-hmm. or at least a or Christian, Christian family. Yeah. yeah, and her dad is Jewish, and I really like, I, I really related to the fact that she was raised without religion from her parents, mm-hmm. but that she was getting nods from her grandmother, because like... Oh, yeah. Like, Which... I, my family was that way, too. I knew... Everyone was raised in religion, but, like, it was not... My mother and stepfather didn't really push religion on us. It mm-hmm. was not... Like, we did... I think we went to church a couple Easter's and a couple Christmases, and, like, most of my religion from childhood came from my grandmother. I went to church with my grandmother. Um, and and then my dad got really into religion, and he is Baptist, and I do not care for the Baptist church at all. And... um. And my mom kind of tinkers around now, but I remember when my brother was a couple years ago, he, I guess there was like a Bible story mentioned in class and everybody knew what the story was. And he was really frustrated because he didn't Mm. and um, led to a conversation about like, why does our child or our household not really have a religious upbringing? And so like, he's read through the Bible, like Mm -hmm. a, a kid's version now, but yeah, so, like, everything of Margaret being, like, where do I fit in religion-wise is something that, like, I've definitely gone through multiple times in my life. <laughs> and I really yeah. like the part where she's, like, you can't, 12, year, 12 years old is just too late. Yes. And I was, like, oh, honey child. <laughs> that was the end of her, skipping to the end of her year-long project. She doesn't submit, like, a packet of stuff like everyone else does. Right. A binder, she submits a letter to him telling him what she did how she felt and how she didn't feel like she really fit anywhere and that she decided my kids, I'm just going to raise them with a religion because 12 is just too late. It's too hard to figure (laughs) this out at this point. Like she feels like she's behind on everything. Which is so Um, sad. It is because like, and I get that age, you just want to fit in. You don't want to be the weird one. And even though her friends all seem to either be Jewish or Christian, even though those are different, they all still have a religion. Right. Whereas she doesn't. And they're so like, that's what it's either the Y or the Jewish Community Center. Which one yes. are you going to go to? <laughs> um, so I really like that that was her, her project choice. Yeah, I think also, it's definitely... Are, Sorry, go ahead. It was, I was just going to say we are recording this on Ash Wednesday. <laughs> we are recording this on we Ash are. Wednesday. It is. I only saw one person actually with the cross today. Which is I've been sick. I just saw it on Facebook and I was like, wait, oh, okay. That's yeah, no, I knew, I knew yesterday was Mardi Gras because I really debated beignets. And then it was oh, like, I it's saw that post. Mm-hmm. It's just too cold. Yeah, beignets or pancakes because yeah. it's pancake day in the UK. And it's just like, oh, nice. It's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was raised Catholic. So I was doing CCD and all that. 
when I was reading this, but I never really felt like, oh, she should pick Christian. She should pick that side. I was just like, oh, I really hope she finds an answer. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I'm more focused on the puberty related stuff, the boys and yeah. all that. The religion, I was like, I hope you figure it out. Pick whichever one you want. <laughs> yeah. I, thankfully, at no point ever was like, why would you pick Judaism? Because it's like, I, we don't have... There's not anybody in my family that is Jewish. It's just different kinds of Christianity for the most part, or like me, who's very either agnostic or, uh, I don't know. I, I go in and out of like, like what our forefathers believed. I really like their ideas on religion, but I'm very glad as a kid. Cause like, I know what kind of house, like where my family's from. And at no point did I ever go like, no, you should choose Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> And I really like that no, even though everybody's got a place, nobody's really forcing their religion on her. Right. Although when she tells her grandmother, her grandmother gets super excited. Well, yeah. She asks her, she tells her grandmother she wants to try going to temple with her. Can I go with you just to see what it's about? And her, she gets all teary eyed. Margaret, I knew you were a Jewish girl at heart. I knew it. She's <laughs> like, I'm not anything, grandma. I just want to try this out. Yes. <laughs> She's like, nope, I knew it. I'll call the rabbi. <laughs> yeah. I definitely meant like none of the kids. Cause like right, that's true, yes. both fucking insane. We'll get to those grandparents, but yeah. yeah, none of the kids are like, Oh, you should be this one or you should be that one. It's yeah. Why aren't you one? Pick yeah, it's one. more of like, how did you end up in it? Like, how does your family not have religion? Kind right. of. Yeah. Right. And it, I was trying to decide. So, they end up having a Christmas Hanukkah oh, yeah. um, show, and this class, her class is the choir, and they sing some Christmas songs, they sing some Hanukkah songs. One kid brings in a note, mm-hmm. so he can't sing, and I was like, so are you a Jehovah's Witness? Is that what this is supposed to represent? Oh, I thought it was that he, whoops, I thought it was, I thought there were two kids, one who had a note because he was Jewish, can't sing the Christian songs, and one that was the other one. Because I thought she said they just weren't moving their lips. Let me, let me, I'm, let me find my highlights here. Because I know that the girl was definitely a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I got the impression, and I could have just, it was very early this morning. Hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe. Alan Gordon, he couldn't, he wasn't going to sing the Christmas songs because it was against his religion. And then Lisa Murphy said... She wasn't going to sing the Hanukkah songs because it was against her religion. And then Alan brought in a note. So he marched, but he didn't sing. And then Lisa sang when we marched, but didn't move her lips during the Hanukkah song. So maybe Alan was a third, essentially. <laughs> like, not, yeah, not Jewish, sure, not Christian. You're right. It does specifically say the Christian songs. Oh, yeah. The Christmas song. Yeah. It doesn't spe- specify Hanukkah. So maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But I still thought it was really cool because, you know, most... Nowadays, it would be more just general holiday songs. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, I honestly couldn't name three Hanukkah songs. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, I liked when she when she goes to temple with her grandmother. She's really trying to follow along. She's <laughs> never been to temple before. She doesn't know what's going on. She's really trying to follow along. But then some stuff gets spoken in Hebrew. She has no idea what's being said. Surprised that her grandmother can recite along <laughs> with them. And then she kind of gives up and starts counting hats. <laughs> I did love that. And when she gets home and her parents ask how everything was, 
she says like there were six black hats and her, her dad laughs and he's like i used to count the feathers in the hats when i was your age <laughs> yeah it's i don't know religion and kids i it's i guess that's what son i never did sunday school so i'm like mm. I, I always did the big church. I said in Sunday school when my dad taught Sunday school. So I said in like a couple times when I was visiting him. But I don't know. I did catechism essentially every other week when I was uh-huh. in elementary. I think I did it. There was one year I didn't do it. I think I did it third grade. And my dad asked me, do you want to do it next year? And I said, no. Okay. So I didn't do it. And then he was like, you know, it would mean a lot to me if you would do it, blah, blah, blah. So then I did it and up through high school and then did the confirmation. Those were weekly. So I had to go, I think, every week. I Maybe more. I don't know. But I did everything up through confirmation. But do you still do – are you doing Lent this year? No, I'm, okay. I'm now an atheist, so no. Okay. <laughs> um, I do remember giving stuff up for Lent. One year I gave up meat – so I would eat fish, but like no chicken, right. no red meat, pork. And my dad, the steak that I had at the end of those 40 days <laughs> was probably a regular cut of steak. I'm sure it was a regular cut of steak from Stop and Shop. It was nothing fancy, but it was the best tasting steak <laughs> I had ever had in my entire life. <laughs> That's amazing. And also giving up chocolate and waiting up till like Saturday night, midnight, boom, I'm eating some chocolate. <laughs> yep. Yep. Counting down that clock as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah, those were the, the, I did chocolate a couple times. Meat, I think I only did once because I was like, oh, I got to pack my lunch because I can't have yep. the public school lunch because I have no idea what it's going to be. Because at this time it was, this is what you have. The yes, end. There weren't right. really options. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I might have given up soda. My dad has given up soda a lot. That makes sense. Yeah. I see social media get given up quite a bit hmm. these days. It's uh, Lent fascinates me. I was primarily raised Methodist, which I think does do Lent, but it's not mm. as stringent as yeah. um, some of the other ones. I don't know. I don't quite understand the Methodist church half the time, and I'm like, I know I was raised in Methodist church, <laughs> but there's a lot that I'm like, oh, Methodists do that too? Okay. That's cool. <laughs> and then they do things like, you know claim homosexuality is not a real thing and whatever else they're doing right now and just you know whatever part of what led to my separation from the church in the yep. first place same was here a lot of their stances on certain things yep <laughs> yeah yeah i there's the grandfather clock theory i'm totally blanking on what the actual religion's called but it's what um a lot of our forefathers believed so essentially like there is a god but it's like a guy that makes a grandfather clock and then steps back and doesn't actually participate (laughs) or anything and that's always struck me as like as close to my thoughts on religion as possible is like Mm -hmm. yeah sure i believe that there's a divine entity but i don't believe in like divine intervention these days or anything like that yeah so yeah until i mean until people stop fighting all the time about that's what i hope margaret realizes one day is that all wars are fought over religion and it's just it's just better just to not yeah it's like i get i don't know i want a kind of 
if I feel like if she didn't feel like she felt out if she didn't feel out of place about this where every all of her peers were asking her which one are you I feel like she probably would have just sailed along maybe picked a different subject for a year-long project and not pursued religion yeah. until maybe until she was older but then maybe not you know when she because her parents were very adamant like if she wants to when she's right. older that she doesn't have to um but she does go to church with her friend Janie. But I liked when she asks Janie, hey, do you go to church? She's like, when I have to. It's not like, a <laughs> yes, every Sunday. Right. <laughs> yeah, when I have to. <laughs> she's like, okay, well, next time you have to, can I go with you? And she's like, okay. It seemed like Janie felt, to me, kind of like, I do this because my parents make me. Why is this friend of mine volunteering to do this thing, to go to this to church when I wouldn't volunteer myself yeah. to go with my parents? You know, and I was like, I get that, Janie. I get that. <laughs> Does she explain to her parents that she's doing this for essentially a class project? I think so, because I feel like her parents weren't, they weren't happy about it. Um, let's see if I can find it. Yes, because... Uh, Yes, because the first thing when she tell, tells her grandmother, her grandmother's like, hey, do your parents know? No. Okay. Make sure you tell them this was not my idea. <laughs> right. She's like, yeah, I get that, grandma. And so when she tells her parents, her mom says, this is ridiculous. You know how your father and I feel about religion. And Margaret's argument is like, you said I could choose when I grew, grew up. And they're like, you're not grown up. <laughs> no. No. But at 12, you so feel like you're about to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So finally, they're just like, Fine fine her yeah. parents aren't happy about it but they're not gonna stop her you know get her outfit together they get her outfit together for church and temple and all that but they weren't happy yeah. about it her parents are fairly easygoing like yeah especially for parents in the 70s like i was like this feels very chill and mm -hmm. and you know kind of go with the flow especially given their pasts and mm -hmm. and it's uh do you think her mom and her brother don't talk? No, because it seemed like when the grand those other grandparents come and they mention him and something about his family, it seemed like the mom, her, Margaret's mom, didn't know he had a kid or something like that. Where okay, yeah. So I don't think they talk either. So basically, it seems like well, he did marry that, a good Christian girl. So yeah, give him good Christian children, grandchildren. Um, it seems like that side of the family just like cut Margaret's mom off when she ran off with the Jewish boy. Sounds about right. Yeah. Whereas Sylvia, the um, paternal grandmother, basically said, well, fine. Like, what am I? She wasn't happy that her, her son wasn't marrying a Jewish girl, but what am I going to do about it? Fine. Yeah. And kind of just. She kind of accepts like, I guess yeah. he doesn't have siblings. So I think like. Margaret is the only grandchild and it's like yeah I could never speak to my grandkids right or my son my only child yeah and then therefore only grandchild or yeah. children but <clears throat> man that such a weird relationship it's just you know think I, I don't know I, I spent a lot of time thinking about my own grandparents and I'm sure you did too and the relationship you have with them and and how it compares and it's just amusing that like we grew up in the 80s and 90s and it's it's it feels like such a different time but in ways it's really mm -hmm. not yeah like 
I still talk to both my grandmothers and they're both lovingly overbearing and I love it. Mm-hmm. Like one of my grandmothers sends cheese slices whenever she sends a card <laughs> for my dog. And it's so stinking cute. And I was also the first grandchild. I think were you the oh. first? Yeah. No, I was not. Okay. On my dad's side, I was the four, fourth. Okay. And then on my mom's side, I was the third, but I was the second girl. And my co- my Nick, my cousin Nikki and I, she, I hung out with her all the time. But I think she's like she was eight when I was born. And my grandfather used to tease her, saying, "Now Stephanie was the pretty girl because that's what he would call us." No. Like now she, yeah. <laughs> Poor Nikki. Yeah, she was fine. We were fine. Like you know, but. That's still so I was the second girl on that side. That's dramatic in some way. <laughs> but she is the older cousin who, when I would go to their house, I was not allowed to have candy. I was not allowed to watch and live in color. We would go to the store, buy some candy, hide it in her closet, Hell and yes. stay up and watch and live in color. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Yep. That's what older cousins are for. <laughs> that is very true, yes. Yeah. Uh, Margaret does note that I think she expressed some frustration to God after she goes to church. It's more just a little bit of frustration because she says she doesn't feel anything special. She didn't feel anything special at either at either place. And she thinks that she almost feels like she's doing something wrong and promises that she'll try harder next time. She's not, she just didn't feel like, like she fit anywhere. And then, oh, we have that square dance. Yes. Which is like teaching these sixth graders how to, how to square dance. And most of the boys are more concerned with stomping on their partner's uh, feet. <laughs> These boys are the worst. I don't remember boys being this bad in sixth grade. I mean, I know that there were some, but God. Yeah. These Not all of them, Little right? kids are like terrors. Yeah. And, and now all the girls think that Philip is just so cute. Yes. Which made me Phillip. laugh. <laughs> is it Philip? What's his name? I don't know. Because my, one of my first crushes, like my first long, like, Throughout elementary school, basically, I think it was like third through fifth grade was Philip Welch. So that's like yeah, anytime that I read okay. it, I was like, "Yep, Philip Welch," mm. who I think is not. I mean, he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked him up on Facebook today, but I think he's uh, kind of bumming around. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> like beep out his last name. <laughs> <laughs> Just in I will case. say, I had many crushes growing up, but the so the Catholic school that I went to when I left for public school, the crush I had there was this kid Jeff, and <laughs> so I go go to public school from third grade through eighth grade, and then go to high school. First day of math class of I think pre-algebra. Yeah, I took it again because I had a terrible pre-algebra teacher in eighth grade, so I took it again and. The kid and I, you know, that they were passing around a sheet of paper to to sign, and the way it came up my row, I passed it to the boy in front of me, and he asked to borrow my pen. So, but then he like turned around, signed his name, like so he looked at the paper, and then he looked back at me, and then he looked at the paper, <laughs> looked back. He's like, "Did you go to Sacred Heart?" I said, "Yeah." Can I have my pen back? <laughs> Gave it to me. He's like, he's like, I can't remember what he said. I, I think I asked, "Who are you?" or something. He's like, "This is Jeff," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Oh my God, please tell I me it was your you. first crush and you just didn't realize. Didn't. Well, I, I was sitting behind him, so I could only see the back of his That's head. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Oh, uh, that was funny. 
I'm totally not one of my up. crushes. Yeah, but I'm totally <laughs> looking up. Well, I remember Actually, the one- my first boyfriend, but I guess mm-hmm. it was first crush. It was the first guy that apparently had like four, three or four years old. I was like, so I'm going to marry this guy. His name is Kenneth mm-hmm. Savage. We were briefly Facebook friends, and then I was like, this is weird because I don't think <laughs> I've seen you since I was like eight. Uh, oh wow, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he was, I remember, um, cause someone, another kid was like, what are you guys talking about? And it's like private stuff. And he was like, oh, that means you have to tell them everything. And I was like, <laughs> that's about all I remember of Kidda Savage. <laughs> uh, okay. I remember having like little boyfriends where it was like, it didn't even hold hands because. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one of them was the one who's up for that SAG award. Ooh. <laughs> Actually, let me see. Because I, I remember watching, like, he posted the trailer and stuff, and I was like, oh, my God, he's in the trailer. <laughs> and then, of course, so whenever Chris and I see our friend Kenny in Book of Mormon or any of his shows, anytime Kenny was on stage, I was like, I don't give a shit what everyone else is doing. I'm only focusing on the person I know. That kind of happened when that scene came up, but then I kind of lost him. I was like, I'm going to hope that you made it through this battle. Oh. <laughs> I am, yes. I'm going to assume he's going to be back for the next. Do you remember your first boy-girl party? <laughs> yeah. It's at Stephanie Smith's house in the basement, I believe. There was either, was it spin the walkie-talkie or spin the empty Coke bottle? Oh, my God. Both One are amazing. Yeah. I don't know if we did seven minutes in, or two minutes in the closet like they did here. <laughs> I don't think we did. But yeah. Yeah, I don't remember any party doing seven minutes in heaven. No. Seven minutes is a long time when you think about it. <laughs> like <laughs> That is so long. You know what's weird? I don't remember my first boy girl party. I missed one. I remember she had a couple and I missed one because I don't remember why. But so the walkie talkie or the Coke bottle was at one of them because I heard all about it. And then <laughs> whichever one was at the one that I went to. Yeah, I'm trying to think like I had to have gone to a few because I definitely, when I moved to Georgia, I hung out with three guys. Mm-hmm. So I had to have gone to some. I just don't, I don't really remember any of them. Yeah. And so I remember my first kiss, which I, mm-hmm. this is her first kiss at this party. Her <laughs> yeah. first few kisses. Yeah. Those little innocent little quick pecks. Yes. And of course it's with, the first one's with Philip. It's the, the hottest kid of the sixth grade, apparently. He's such a terror. He was one of the boys, too, at the square dance, though, who wanted to stomp on everyone's feet. Yes. just want to point that out. And I was he the boy? So this party that they get invited to is Norman's birthday party. And apparently his mom invites the entire class, which is just insane. Um, Is is Philip the one who squirts mustard on the ceiling? Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. He is. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Kind of a terrible kid. Mm Mm-hmm. But... So I, I don't know how I thought you played seven or two minutes in the closet, but everyone got a number, odds for the girls or evens for the you know whichever way, and then basically a boy would yell out a number, and that would be the corresponding girl, and they'd go off into the closet. So Philip calls twelve, I think is her whatever her, is her number. Margaret goes with him, and she can't stop laughing, which I was like, "Yep, I get that." that. Right, yep, <laughs> yeah, that sounds really right because one, the situation that you're in with his two minutes in the closet and then two is with the boy it's with the one and only philip yep um 
And then he's like, you got to stop laughing or else I can't kiss you when you're <laughs> laughing with your mouth open. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, but also. He's not wrong. <laughs> um, so then she has to pick a number and she picks Norman. And uh, oh, so wait, when Philip kisses her, it's really quick. And then yes. I think he kisses her twice. Yeah. And then opens the door and they go back out and she calls a number and it's Norman and Norman says that he really likes Margaret though and asks, how do you want me to kiss you? And she's like, on the cheek and fast. Yes. <laughs> and that's like, she's like, I just, let's get out of here. <laughs> so she totally dates Norman in high school, right? Like that's totally going to happen. <laughs> so I feel like by the end she's like, at some point. oh, she's definitely over by the end of the book. Because at one point she's like, "Oh, that's right, Philip and Nancy yes. deserve each other." I'm yeah, just like, "Damn!" Both of them. Oh my god! But I that. The, <laughs> wait till you uh, kiss a boy with tongue. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, wait, because you're only twelve and in sixth grade, you can definitely exactly. wait. But <laughs> although that's definitely about the age I was, and my sister apparently was watching. <gasps> she teased me about it for a long time. Oh no! It was in my backyard. Uh, wow. Yeah. It was seventh grade, so. Mine like that was eighth grade. Because I remember we went on this field trip, and my little eighth grade boyfriend Steve didn't go. So we're playing truth or dare on the back of the bus, and someone dared me, just like in front, just like t- to get all the witnesses. He was like, wait, wait. I dare Stephanie to French kiss Steve when we get back to school. Of course, he wasn't there. So, like, the next day, there was, like, someone standing as a lookout because this was right before homeroom and everyone watching. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. I think mine was a truth or dare as well. <laughs> First Lord. peck was not. I think that was in sixth. That was in sixth grade with this kid, Aaron. Adolescence. So yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of adolescence, of course they They're curious. There's the there's a part where Gretchen sneaks out her dad's anatomy book and then Margaret sneaks out a Playboy. So My they God, can look yes. at the two, which is like, yes, let's look at this medical text to look at boys. <laughs> and then let's look at Playboy to see what women look like. I mean, their resources are limited. <laughs> no, they are. But like the idea of like, well, it's Playboy. If it was, if it was bad, my dad wouldn't get it or something like that. And I was like, right. Although, yes. Oh, Although she did say that he stopped leaving it out in the magazine yeah. rack. And she was like, I think he's hiding it. So she had to go search for it. Yeah. Don't go searching in your parents' drawers. Like that's a bad She had an excuse. Things. Her excuse, she was ready to say if her mom caught her that they were going to make bracelets and they needed magazines to cut up. She was ready. Yeah. She <laughs> was ready. <laughs> I don't but... know that her mother would have believed her because I wouldn't no. have believed my child. No, not at all. Because why didn't you grab the magazines off the magazine rack in the yep. living room instead of going into your parents' bedroom? But she doesn't mm-hmm. get caught. And then they have that video at school, just the girls, about menstruation i hated this video i was so angry at this video let's lie to kids that's what this video should have been called (laughs) because at one point it's like having your period doesn't hurt cramps don't hurt and i was like listen just about how wonderful nature is this is bullshit (laughs) it's fucking bullshit (laughs) 
Granted, I will say, I didn't, my cramps have gotten worse as I've gotten older. I didn't get cramps when I was a kid. But I do remember being young, like, and hearing more on my dad's side. I think the women on that side used to get, like, really bad cramps. And I was like, holy God damn it, why? (laughs) Whereas my mom's side, like, didn't. I was like, please let me be like that side because this sounds terrible. Like, curled up on a couch with a hot water. But I didn't want to do that. Yep. Nope. But they've gotten worse as I've gotten older. Same. Mine have gotten, mine got Mine peaked at a point where I found out I actually had, like, medical issues. And then once those got resolved, it was like, okay. But no, like, I used to keep back spasm medication for, like, when my cramps got bad. Because it was like, you can't sleep and your feet are in the air and you're trying not to pass out. And then you start to go to fucking work and it's like, Mm -hmm. cool. I'm dying. It's just, it doesn't hurt. And it's just wonderful nature taking place. No. Yeah. It's really also <laughs> the, Nancy asking the woman who was putting on this video, like, what about Tampax? And she's like, we don't advise internal oh, protection yeah. <laughs> until you're considerably older. <laughs> Cracked up at that. I was like, all right, well. At least we're... I liked that Margaret kind of saw through this because she was like, I made a mental note. Because ne- this was a woman from a company called Private Lady. Yeah, private lady who sold pads, and she made a note to never buy any of their stuff. <laughs> it's like, definitely yes, you see through this marketing. <laughs> oh, so bad. Yeah. But then after that, one of the PTSs gets her period. Gretchen gets in, they have an emergency meeting to talk about it. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. I did not, like, I don't remember telling any of my friends that I started my period I don't remember any of my friends like telling me that they started theirs it's not something I remember discussing with anybody outside like I don't even remember telling my sisters that's not true I I Mm. had to have told because I know I got mine before my sister did yeah but like I know I remember telling my but not like a big deal with my friends but we also had swimming in gym class so that one of us were using tampons at that time why aren't you swimming? Especially someone who swam all... Because I loved swimming. Right. I was in that pool and then was like, oh, this is going to be a ruiner sometimes for this. Yeah. But... I think I, I also do. didn't really have close friends at the time. Because I just moved. So it was like yeah. kind of transition period. Yeah. But yeah, I remember... Telling each other, but not. I don't remember like emergency meeting on the playground yeah. or the, you know at recess or whatever at lunchtime. We got to talk about this. Um, but I do remember internally being like, "When am I going to get it?" But it was also like a slight anxiety of I don't want to get this at school and be yep. bleeding all over the place. It's same like, here. You know, I also started at school, so I was like, "Well, thanks." Oh fuck! <laughs> no, thankfully, I, like. It's crazy. I actually do remember my first time. I was talking about this with someone recently, and it was like, I do, because I remember it was in the afternoon, thank God. It was just a spotting. Like, it was not mm-hmm. anything like you see in TV where yeah. it's like you bleed through your jeans kind of thing. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Which is what I think every girl's probably super worried about. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I knew that my mother had started younger than what was kind of considered average and, like, Considering how much I had developed by the time and how moody and angsty I was, my mother was like, it's coming. Just like, it's coming. (laughs) Be ready kind of thing. So it was 
a surprise, but not like a horror movie kind of like that. Yeah. Teen movies don't, don't do justice for. No. I said mine was like start on the weekend though. Um, spotting like nothing crazy. (laughs) Um, I did like, so I remember telling my dad and my stepmom, obviously my mom, I did not tell my stepdad, but I'm, I, I don't know. My mom probably told him. I don't probably, know. Probably, yeah. Um, but it wasn't like some like sitcoms where the dad like doesn't want to know about that icky stuff or can't figure out how to buy pads type of thing. Yeah. Although one time I did ask my dad to get me pads and he came back with panty liners. And I was like, at the time I was like, I don't even know what the fuck these are. <laughs> my stepmom was cracking up. She's like, you have to go back to the store. <laughs> Um, but one of my favorite episodes of Blackish is when the youngest girl, Diane, gets her period. She has a twin brother, so they're probably like 11-ish or so, mm-hmm. and the dad is just like, oh my god, my little girl's growing. It's not like, we see other shows where like the dad like, doesn't want to know or like yeah. pretends not to know what's going on, but like, everyone knows that Diane's got her period, and it's not a big deal, it's just... It is what, what it, it is. is. Yeah. Right. She, though, she's she's like Louise from Bob's yeah. Burgers. Like, she is my favorite. Um, she likes to be very grown up. And she's not dealing with it as well. Like, she, and she's not asking for help. Like, she bled onto her sheets, so she's doing the laundry by herself oh, no. in the middle of her night. And her brother wakes up because they share a room. And she doesn't want to talk about it. And he ends up calling their older sister, who's at college, to come talk to her. And that helps. And there's this one scene where... The older sister and their mom are sharing stories back and forth with Diane, the youngest, about times that they bled through their pants here or bled yeah. onto a cat, like, because it's going to happen. It is, gonna yeah. Suck, but it's going to fucking happen. But it's just, it's just part of it. Yeah, it just... It sucks, but it's part of it. Being a girl sucks occasionally. And, yeah. uh, you know, what's funny is that I've definitely had it for at least 20 years. I, it's either 20 or 21 years. And still, oh, the, like, yeah, when you think about it like that, <laughs> it's been so fucking long, like two thirds of my goddamn life so far. And still, like, the days leading up to it, I get like irrationally angry at one person and then I'm sobbing over everything. And I'm like, still kind of shocked sometimes when it, <laughs> mine still is not regular to this day. And so I'm just oh. there. Occasionally I'm like, Oh, I'm crying over everything. It must be coming in the next few days. And then it's like two weeks later. And I'm like, all right, hormone. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's sometimes I'm like, that's why I was eating everything in the house and like really irrationally angry over like someone saying hi to me. <laughs> the way they said hi. And uh, yeah. Being a girl is so much fun. So much fun. Sure. <laughs> um, so yeah. Gretchen gets her period, they have that emergency meeting, and Nancy seems, one, Nancy thought it was going to be her first, and like, also, whatever, Nancy. Which, you, you don't get to just, you don't get to decide that. No. I want to throw things at Nancy. Yes. Yes. So, Nancy thought it was going to be her first, but then also, didn't seem happy with the answers that Gretchen was giving, which she was being really detailed about. Yeah. Having to keep a washcloth in her pants because they needed to get pads and, you know, this is what it felt like and just a little bit of cramping. And it's like, there's there's not really a lot to no, it. No, it's not like you're, <laughs> I don't know, suddenly rainbows are flying out or shit. I don't know. Like, right. It's, what did you expect? Right. 
it's kind of messy and it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. But then a little while, like maybe a week or a couple weeks later or something, Nancy sends Margaret a postcard when she's on vacation or gone for a weekend or something, just with three words, I got it. To which Margaret cries. She and she she talks to God. She feels she feels kind of bad about crying. <laughs> it seems. Is this the point where she's like, I never cried when I was eleven. <laughs> and I'm like crying all the time. Oh just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Um, but then, so she gets that and she's just, she's angry. She doesn't want to be the last one. She just, it's, it's, I think it just comes back to wanting to like fit in. She doesn't want to be left out of that, of having her period. But then a little while later, um, Nancy's family invites Margaret to go with them to Radio City Music Hall in New York. So they go to the show, they go to dinner. And then when Nancy and Margaret are in the bathroom, Margaret can hear Nancy say something like, oh, no, oh, no. And she starts crying. <laughs> so Margaret runs to get to get Nancy's mom. And then Nancy won't even open the door for her mom. So Margaret has to, like, crawl under the stall, up into it, unlock it, and open the door. <laughs> the most bizarre. Nancy is such a drama yeah, like, queen. Yes, which I was just like, what the? F-? So it ends up being that she got her period. Uh, her mom gives Margaret some money to, to, to get a pad out of the, the dispenser thing. And Margaret says, like, does she always act like that? And Nancy's mom said, it's her first time. She's just, she's a little frightened. Which, which Margaret is like, what do you mean this is her first time? Yeah. Which, I just, I don't understand. Like, everyone reacts differently. But for someone who was waiting for this and wanted to be the first one, and who also apparently, she says she thought she got it, it was a mistake. I don't understand the mistake see i don't think i think that was a lie yes i think that was her trying to cover up for herself you either have blood on your panties or you don't yeah it's (laughs) not it's it's one or the other yeah (laughs) like of course you could have some mild spotting the first time and like that's it but right but then it's still you know what it is yeah right so But I didn't understand the crying because I was just like, you wanted this. Like you, but also in addition to wanting this, you knew what it was. Like you knew what this looked like. Like, I just remember being resigned more than anything being like, oh, I guess we are officially doing this now. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was not, I I remember being excited to tell my mom. Yeah. But it was never like, Nancy's fucking dramatic. (laughs) Like real dramatic, like wouldn't even open the door for her yeah, mom. It was like just... she asked, she asks Margaret to go get her mom too. So it's like so she's here now. Let her in the stall. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like... <laughs> poor Nancy isn't Nancy's mom is in for a rough few years with that child. I mean, it could have also been the hormones making her. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, but, but Nancy, I, just, I... <clears throat> I don't think too highly of her. No. And after this, Margaret does, in one of her conversations with God, says that Nancy Wheeler is a big fake. Yes. <laughs> I also made this up. love, because occasionally I needed the reminder, because I was like, why aren't we diving deeper into this? And it's because it reads like a 12-year-old's mind. And, they're the you know, after this, they eat their steak dinners. And then it's like, 
she couldn't finish her steak, so they got a doggy bag. I didn't tell that they don't even have a dog. And I was like, you're so yes. damn cute. Yes. And then right, Moose also went on this yes. this trip with them. And their hands would bump sometimes when they were eating yes. because he was a lefty. And how she was like, oh, about that. Yes. I miss that innocence so much. Yep. It's so cute. Yeah. I do want like a follow-up book of like Margaret at 16. Yeah. Are you still friends with Nancy or did you? That one. Yeah. I wanted to start with her being BFFs with Laura, keeping um, Janice around, maybe still saying hi to Gretchen. I feel like Gretchen probably would follow Nancy and dating Moose. Yeah, because that's who she, he's number one in her boy book, yeah. even if no one else knows that's he's her number one. And I love this uh, written in the 70s. And there's still a couple of moments where like, like at the, the party, one of the guys were like, we're going to play the game. Guess who? We're going to turn off the lights and the oh guys my. are going to grope. And the one the one girl's like, no, we ain't doing yeah. that. That no. was before the two minutes in the closet. I was like, yeah, who the fuck? Who? No, we're not doing this. Yeah, it's we're totally not guys doing to feel this. Boobs. Or yeah. finding out, like, what's in their bras or snapping bras. I don't know. Yes. Whatever boys do in sixth grade. Yeah. But I just love that the girls were like, no. 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 <laughs> like, you don't get uh, an option. Right. And then we're later, Margaret stands up to Moose, or what she thinks is standing up to Moose, even though Moose is like, get out of my way. Like, oh, yeah. You ridiculous child. <laughs> yeah. Because she. Um, so when she turns 12. Philip, the member of the one and only Philip, gives her a pinch to grow an inch and says, and you know where you need that inch. And I think that's the point where she's like, fuck this boy. Yep. Him and Nancy deserve each other. I'm over you. Yep. Good for you, Margaret. Right. But then she gets put into a group with him and Laura. And I think Norman. And Norman. Yeah. Yep. To do a project on Belgium. And of course, Philip is like, he doesn't want it. He doesn't do any work. <laughs> of course. <laughs> also, Belgium, great country. They basically invented the fries. So like, calm down, Margaret. It's still the great yeah. country. She's like, this isn't exciting. I wanted to do France or Spain. They're she lost the vote. They're passe. Uh, but that, this is around when she gets into that fight with Laura because her and Laura are doing work in the library. And Margaret is, she's like just writing. She's copying it straight out of the book. And Laura rightfully says, you need to like, you can't, you have to put it in your own words. You can't just copy it from the book. The teacher will know. Uh, So they argue. And then Margaret's pretty mean to her and says she knows what she does behind the A&P with Evan and Moose. And you think you're so great. And then Laura goes off on her about that. Yeah. Which I was glad about that everyone picks on her just because she's big and like I didn't ask to look like this like she stands up to Margaret which I was glad about yes and also it was like do you think I don't know about you and your friends like which I wish Margaret would have picked up more on and been like am I a mean girl mm-hmm because she's also like why would I go behind the A&P and yeah it's like yeah and Margaret's like, so, I, don't, I don't know. They just say you do. Like, clearly it's not good. <clears throat> right. Sixth grade minds. Yep. So she does. Margaret realizes she's being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she's being a real jerk. <laughs> so she apologizes. Um, 
Oh, this this was the part that I liked when Laura's going off on her. She's, Think about how you'd feel if you had to wear a bra in fourth grade and how everyone laughed at you and how you always had to cross your arms in front of you and about how the boys called you dirty names just because of how you looked. And Margaret really did think about it and then apologized. Um, Laura ends up still like walking off, but Margaret follows her to church uh, because Laura was going to confession. And Margaret goes into the church and when Laura leaves, she goes into the confessional First, she thinks she's alone, but realizes there's a priest on the other side and he can't see her. And then Margaret doesn't know what to say. She gets really nervous and basically just runs out. She also thinks it's God talking to her. It's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. But then that's when she has the conversation with God about, you know, today I looked for you when I went to confess, but you weren't there why do I only feel you when I'm alone? Like she's still not feeling that connection. She also feels really bad for hurting Laura's feelings. Yeah. I wish that had been explored more. I think Yeah. that is the aspect of this book. The one aspect of this book that I feel like it's truly lacking is that like you need to grow. And, and it's one thing to realize that Nancy's kind of a bitch, but like, you need to acknowledge that you did hurtful things to Laura and right. try to repair that. Right. right. <clears throat> the next thing that comes up is the letter from her mother's parents, which first her dad is like, how do they have our address? And it's because her mom sent them a, a Christmas card. And the letter from the grandparents is informing them that they've been thinking about her and how they haven't met their granddaughter and how they really would like to see her. Oh, wait, see our only granddaughter. Um, so they were flying east for a week and wanted to, to visit them, which I was just like, okay. Are you just gonna invite yourself over? Yeah, you already had because it says flight details included. How how the dad's uh, right? The, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just you haven't spoken in fourteen years, and now you're telling them we're coming on these days. Make room and we want to visit you. Maybe you should ask first just to be considerate of their time because you don't know what they have going on yeah i just everything about them read that they realized that they only have one granddaughter and because even if her brother who is looking to adopt apparently they can't have kids Oh, right. That's what it was. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. These are the kind of grandparents that are never going to consider them their real grandkids. Or, like, if they got divorced and remarried, these aren't yeah. my grandkids kind of feel. Right. They're and totally those types. Yeah. Now they want to control this, you know, their daughter and their granddaughter. Yeah. And, like, I kind of felt for Margaret's mom in this oh, yeah. where... It's got to be hard that your parents and your brother, and I'm assuming the rest of that whole side of your family, your whole family, up to this point, like, they have not spoken to you for 14 years just because you married someone of a different religion. Like, That's awful. Yes. And also just 
being immediately cut off like that has got to be hard. So I felt for her where she was feeling nostalgic and sent them the Christmas card. and But at the same time, I also got, came, got where her father was coming from because the, his in-laws I don't respect him, don't no. care for him. And they're not trying and now to. They're, <laughs> right. Don't mention him in this letter. And they're just inviting themselves to his house. <laughs> like, yeah, they're all of it's awful. It's just so yeah. it's. Ugh. And then Margaret thinks that she gets to kind of get out of this because she's there when they're coming in April, she's supposed to be visiting her grand, her paternal grandmother who has since moved to Florida for her um, April vacation. I think it is. So she's like, Oh, I won't be here. And then of course <laughs> she can't go. And she is upset. <laughs> Which like grandma bought her round trip ticket, like on a plane. That's right. That's yeah. not like cheap. <laughs> yeah. So they end up having to, they, they end up calling her paternal grandmother and saying she can't go. And Margaret is all of this through tears, like not able to, which it's like, Oh, I get that being that upset. Like, yeah. I I really like that. Margaret's mom is like, you need to tell your grandmother. And she's like, no, this is your decision. You're telling her, but also like where her mom was coming from, where she's like, the grandmother's not going to understand unless Margaret says it. Right. Right. Because also this, she was not happy about her daughter-in-law being Christian. So I'm sure there was some, some friction and some tension between them, you know, but, Oh God, I felt for Margaret very much. I I forgot. I forgot about this part when I, you know, I was doing my, the read, the read through of it again. I was like, Oh, right. I forgot. Oh man. Oh no. (laughs) It's a interesting build up to the kind of I don't want to say leaves everything unresolved because there's not a lot to resolve here that would have made sense. But it's still like a weird I guess to show that, you know, not all grandparents are great. And that Sometimes people really do get set in their ways and yeah. will not change. Yeah. Because um, when the grandparents come, it's of course super awkward because I mean, 14 this years. Is the, 14 years, right. This is their daughter, but people change a lot in 14 years yeah. and they don't know who this woman is. Essentially, they don't know her husband and they don't know their grandchild. <laughs> so, and plus there's the tension where they whatever they said 14 years ago that of course why would their son-in-law welcome them with open arms because i know i wouldn't no and it's not like they apologized or anything right so it's very formal and weird and awkward um they talk a lot about people that uh, margaret's mom knew from back home that's and then this is where they say that your brother has a wonderful wife and margaret's mom so she's glad so she's not their brother doesn't talk to her either and yeah, things are going, that's... things are going fine-ish, and, and except it's awkward, but <laughs> still going kind of fine until um, the grant. Which I was just like, why the f- why you you came here? I, I the grandparents came to do this basically is what I think because the grandmother asks Margaret how she's doing in Sunday school, 
And yeah, they definitely like, needled for no reason. Yes. So Marcus says she doesn't go. I also found it really weird where the grandparents, the grandmother calls her husband father. Yeah. And calls her mother. I, that's no! so to these days when people do that. Like, it's one thing where, like, my you're dad, like, my dad. used to it, but. Right, like, if you're talking about, like, my dad would, might refer to my stepmom as mom when he's talking to my brother, saying, like, oh, your mom said this. Right. If he's talking to anybody else, it's Marie. Like, it's, yeah. it's her name. And when he talks to her, it's not mom or mother or any variation. No, of, yeah, it's not. <sighs> that's so weird. Yeah. So the grandparents, the mother tries to calm things down. She's like, you know, we don't practice any religion. Like, let's, let's move on from this. You knew this. Right. And the grandparents said they thought that they hoped that they would have changed their minds, especially for Margaret, because she needs to have a religion. And then they go into the whole thing about how the child follows the mother. So, of course, Margaret's Christian because That's you were raised Christian. Such it's bullshit. Just, it starts a huge fight. And it's just like they... I, they came to do this. Yep. You're born with religion and it passes through your mother. Fuck that. I was right. so like seeing red angry. I was like, you yes. just. <sighs> yes. And then Margaret, you're still God's child. It's not too late. Um, maybe while I'm visiting, I can take you to, to church and talk to the minister. <laughs> Finally, Margaret gets fed up. She yells at everyone to stop it. I, who needs religion? I don't. I don't even need God. And she runs out of the room. She's very upset. And that's when she decides, I think, that she's not going to talk to God anymore because she's upset. Just a little heartbreaking. Like, yeah, it's not God's fault that, you know, all of this is going down. Right. And she was doing her own, th- her own way. She was kind of finding her own way with it. Community, like, talking to God as she wanted to. Right. And then it basically got ruined essentially by her grandparents who just wanted her to be religious, which is like, well, if you would have just left her alone. Exactly. Maybe she would have found her way to your church. And now every time she thinks like, as she gets older, it's going to be a reminder of like, Oh yeah. My grandparents kind of suck. Do I really want to go to this, you know, church? Yeah. Although I wonder, I, cause the grandparents end up leaving early Going to, going to New York, to which Margaret's mom's like, you told me you are going to be here for a week. Yeah. And they end up leaving early, which her dad just, he was like, no, I think we were just a pit stop. They were always planning to leave this early, to which Margaret's just like, they ruined my vacation. I was supposed to be in Florida. And I love that she's like, nobody responded to me. And I was like, yep. I feel that. Yep. I do wonder how things went from there on, like if there was any more communication with those yeah. grandparents just a follow-up book because be i i i don't know i don't think it i don't i i don't see i don't i don't know putting myself in the position of margaret's mother now no, no. <laughs> like i gave you a chance after all this time yeah. if we could have just if you could have just not brought that one subject up maybe we could have been we working on rebuilding yeah. but yeah no yeah. In the middle of this, though, is when Margaret goes to the store with Janie 
<laughs> the one, so they're the last two PTSs who haven't gotten their period, and they're going to buy a, ba- a package of the teenage softies. They're going to get a, a bag, like a, a, a box of pads. And they, they, Janie's really nervous and is like, oh, I don't know. And then they finally get the guts up to go up. They see a boy behind the cash register and immediately veer off. <laughs> don't go to check out. And finally, Margaret ends up doing it. And my favorite part was um, she asked the kid for two bags. She pays. It's fine. And then that was all there was to it. You'd think he sold that kind of stuff every day of the week. And I was like, yes, Margaret. Yeah, he does. (laughs) I laughed so hard at that, too. I was like, yep. Yes. In fact, he is probably very desensitized. Yes. Tampons, too, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Because I remember, I I don't know if it was after I got my period or before, but somewhere around there, my stepmom being like, never be embarrassed to buy pads. Like, you just need to go get them. It's not a big deal. Like, just never be embarrassed. Like, just get ingraining that. Like, never be embarrassed because why should you be? I definitely remember being embarrassed my first time. But nowadays, it's, no, it's whatever. I mean, I was also like the first time I bought condoms embarrassed. It's like. We as a country need to stop making all this stuff so embarrassing, but that's a conversation for another day. Yep. (laughs) She then proceeds to practice. This baffled me (laughs) so much. So do you, okay. Do you remember the version that you read when you were a kid, if it was like this one or if there was mention of a belt? I was Okay. I thought I was crazy. I, I Nope, because I looked this up. <laughs> okay, because I was like, I'm fairly certain pads came much later. So what I remembered of this book was the angst about wanting boobs and your period. But then there was also a sanitary belt. Yeah. And it was this belt that like looped around your waist and held the pad in place. Yep. So that makes more sense to me with the practicing because... How the fuck does this contraption work? Whereas nowadays you take the little tape, the little sticker off the back and just stick it on. Exactly. Done. Yeah. This belt thing. I was like, what? So I was like, am I imagining this? Cause the book, the version that I have here didn't have the belt. And I was like, no, no. What other book would I have read this in? Exactly. So I yeah. looked it up and there's an article by a woman who found a belt on eBay to try because she remembers reading it in this book. <laughs> And her article said that basically that belt kind of went out of style shortly after this book was published because that's when the the self-adhesive, okay, uh, you know, sticky, whatever, was invented to, that pads were changed, basically. So you no longer needed this belt. So the belt became kind of obsolete. And her article about wearing that thing sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm curious. Like, I just want to see. I have not even looked one out in years. Oh, my God, they're terrifying looking. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uncomfortable. And then just feeling like everything is now on display, sort of, no matter almost what pants you wear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm very happy to be living in today's era. Yep. (sighs) So that was one change that I noticed. I was like, oh, I wonder if there were any other changes, but nothing else jumped out at me I, I yeah because as i was reading this I was like i don't i didn't think that pads like this were in, around back then i mean obviously they were but i just was like just after it yeah sounded like i was like I, yeah. this doesn't sound I, I had the same thought of like where did i learn about sanitation belts then mm-hmm. also just thinking about nancy's question in that class 
you want me to wear this awkward ass belt, but there's an internal option that's not as awkward? Yeah. Sign me up for the Tampax. Exactly. <laughs> So that's for that one. The practicing makes more sense. That does, yeah. Whereas but still, with current pads and the the adhesive, it's like now you're just wasting them because yeah. they're not going to stick anymore. No. <laughs> and after a while, they're just going to be on. She's like, maybe I'll sleep in it. And it's like, no, honey, don't, don't wear these unless you have to. Because like you got your whole life to sleep in these yep. things and being uncomfortable. Yep. Ugh. Honestly, the diva cup was the best change I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've heard. I've not ventured down that road i'm just it's fine it's fine at some point I'm, they're going to invent a way to stop me from having a period and this could be great oh that'd be even better yeah. I, it's like when i wanted glasses if i'd only known then how expensive it would be and then like wanting to get my period if i'd only known how much of a pain in the ass it would be because when you said over 20 years yeah, it really has been. It's exhausting and it's not going to think away about that. For I don't know how long. Like, I know, I believe my mother went through early menopause. I'm like, is that in my cards? Because come on. <laughs> like, I, as much as I don't want to have to deal with that, at least then the period would be gone. I think my mom's just starting to have, like, the the early signs of menopause. And she's 49. So I'm like, that's so much longer. I feel like my mom was in her early 40s. It, there's like a she was younger. Good yeah. chance that my mom has been going through this much longer. Just never mentioned it, but she's the first mm. like mentions of it to me, and I was just like, "All right, I guess you are like because my mother to me hasn't. I'm 31. My mother's like 36. Like it's just you lock them in at an age. Yeah, she's just frozen <laughs> in time in her 30s, yep. and occasionally I'm like, "Oh yeah, you turned 50 in like 10 months." All mm. right. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that really gets resolved in this book, though, is that she does get her period. Yep. She does. that, And then I did like, so that confrontation with Moose when he's cutting the grass. Yeah. um, She basically says to him, oh, I know what you and Laura did behind the A&P. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she said, well, Laura, Evan said, or Nancy told me that Evan said, and who, and then she realizes how dumb she sounds with the, she told this person and that person told me. And, you know, like she realizes that this doesn't make any sense. And she apologizes for that. Um, And then she's still standing in his way. And he's like, you're still in my way. Yeah, he's like, I don't care about any of this. Just move. Right. He's like, I am just trying to mow the lawn. That your parents are paying me to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she goes upstairs and she's she's got her period. And she starts to laugh and cry at the same time. And actually, up till this part, she, when she had stopped talking to God, she hadn't talked to him. And part of her, her conversations with him, she was asking him to make her grow. And also to give her her period because she wanted that. And then also about things like being nervous about moving. And, yeah. Um, the religion stuff and you know also when her dad cuts his hand at the beginning oh yeah on the lawnmower, Forgot she about talks that. about like please make him be okay which is how moose gets the job yeah that cracked me up where it was like no we're gonna garden because it's relaxing and it's like so my dad almost cut his hand off and i was like right sounds about right yep right she's like gets the whole tutorial from the hardware store or whatever about how you do this and that and how you have to like check the bag or whatever but you need to turn the mower off before you do it and he forgot (laughs) and then it was hey look up moose in the in the phone book please yeah 
though. Oh. So, does it hold up? Do you still think girls should be reading this book in 2019? I do, because I, I think it's... Yeah. I mean, it's definitely more innocent, I think, than maybe what some 12-year-olds <laughs> deal with now. But I just like the the idea you're not alone in like, oh my God, when am I going to get my period? Oh my God, I'm still flat-chested. When am I going to get... Like, you're not alone in that and I think that will always be the case no matter what year it is preteens you know they're always going to be like well when's this next thing going to happen when am I going to grow up and when you know so I feel like that is something that will be a very that's very classic I think (laughs) (laughs) it will not change um I did not like the cover where it looked like the text bubbles yeah no I don't like that at all I don't really want them to modernize this, which is so I'm not. So this is getting that film adaptation. And I'm curious if it's going to be set in the 70s or if it's going to be set now, which would have to change some things. I think to be set now, they'll probably have to be cell phones and probably mention of social media, which I'm like, I don't want that. I I also don't also don't want kids to have to deal with that stuff now. Like, you know, in real life. There's, I think that just it's too much. There's time. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like a very obvious hippy dippy seventies. Just mm-hmm. keep the innocence. If this right. is that's made. the other thing. Like we don't really, there's not really talk about like hippy. Like you know, like yeah, it's just this book is very know, timeless. But, like it. Yeah, there isn't a set. Like if this, if I was told this was done in the eighties, I would have believed it. You know. Or even mm-hmm. the 90s. I mean, like, the fact that there yeah. aren't cell phones is basically the only thing that dates this. Right. And I guess loafers. I don't... I never wore loafers to school. I don't but I always wore socks with my shoes unless they were sandals. <laughs> I don't wear socks, but I'm just a weird-ass kid uh, that way. I don't want blisters. <laughs> yeah. I learned from Margaret's mistakes. There you go. Um, no, I agree. I, I think that every, I, every kid should read this. I mean... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and even if it has just like the ounce of like mm, you should watch out just because your friends tell you something you shouldn't necessarily believe it and it's okay like right you know and maybe and also just to recognize like I feel like because Nancy what Margaret recognizes in Nancy that she's a big faker and then as you're reading this you're like oh Nancy's also the one who says this about Laura doing this thing behind the A&P and like maybe don't take every mean thing a friend says at face value and also recognize those mean friends those mean girls you know yeah yeah I just wish like that had been resolved a little bit more or like a line of just like Margaret being like I'm going to try to be nicer to Laura next year or like hang out with Laura or just yeah. something. I don't know. Um, and just because a boy's cute doesn't mean he's good. Right. Because he may want to stomp your, your toes yeah. in square dancing and he may not want to do any work when you're in a group with him yeah. like on a group project with him. Yeah. He may just be a giant waste. And I think that is, you are never too young to learn that. So. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh. So, yeah, this is a good reread. It was, yeah. 
Also made me want to reread Blubber because I feel like that was another Judy Bloom that I read a lot. But I don't really remember what Blubber was about. <laughs> is that related to Fudge? Judy has so many mm, books. Yeah. I don't even. Yeah, because she's what the entire Ramona series as well. Yeah. Yeah. She's got an adult book out that I got for um, Hanukkah a couple years ago that I need to oh. sit down and read. It was the first Hanukkah that I celebrated with my stepdad's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And she got me a signed book from Judy Bloom. And she was like, I'm never going to top this. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, you could give me nothing ever again. Like, I'm so happy. <laughs> so they're going back down. She has a bookstore in the Keys, I believe. So hmm. if you ever go down to the Keys... Um, nice. She will sign books if she's there, or you can leave it and she'll ship it. So I, nice. I do recommend. All right, so I looked up. Blubber is about bullying. Okay. Dear God, these kids are assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so the main character, the our protagonist. Um, Linda. She's basically ostracized by her entire class. Though she's even though she's not the heaviest in class, they pick on her oh, about no. her size, attempting to strip her in the girls' bathroom. Um, oh no! So, example of bullying her book. physically, and then also psychologically forcing her to say things such as "I am blubber, the smelly whale of class 206." Oh my god! I I did read this book. I remember that now. Kids suck. Kids suck so much. Oh my god. Oh. And then again, maybe I won't was another one of hers that I also read, but I think that was kind of like a boy puberty book. Which one? Then again, maybe I won't. I vaguely remember that one. There is a book from my childhood that I am still trying to remember, and I might post there's a Facebook group that I might post it in, and I the only thing I remember about it is finishing the book as I was walking to the library and the main character talking about her friend who has lost some weight over the, the course of the year. She keeps looking down at her feet and realizing that like for the first time in a long time, she can see her feet without having to like hmm. bend over. And, and it's something that has stuck with me since that was Richland. So at least third or fourth grade. But I'm like, I don't remember what book this is or, and, you know, anything else about it. Like, I don't even remember the cover, just that it was a kid's book. Huh. And, uh, it does not sound familiar. Yep. Nope. I couldn't tell you what the rest of it was about because I know it was not about this, this kid's, you know, weight loss or anything like that. I just know that that was something that kind of happened to the side. And, and I think it's because I, like, had a habit after that of looking down and being like, well, I can see mm. my feet. I'm okay. <laughs> So, um, those are the things that define your childhood. Yep. (laughs) I was thinking earlier today, like, what would be a book drink for this one? Because it's sixth grade. And I was like, what did I drink in sixth grade? Squeeze-its? Those don't exist anymore. They don't. (laughs) Squeeze-its are so good, though. But that's what I want to name as a book drink because oh, that was wonderful. like sixth grade ish. <laughs> that's perfect. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to go with pickle pops because that was like hmm. a thing of my childhood. They're 
nice salty and ice like popsicles. Okay. Made them pickle juice. <laughs> I've never had one, but I would definitely try that. It was uh, a lot of athletics outside between well, my sister's mind. My athletics outside didn't start until I was playing tennis. And uh, or I guess marching band, too. Anyways. Um, but I remember sitting at softball fields and just eating pickle pops. They were a quarter mm. piece. <laughs> nice. Yep. So, do you know what you're reading next that's not for the podcast? I do. I am reading Modern Love by Bo North. Um, I know it is a Jane Austen retelling. I don't remember which book it is a retelling of. I know it's not Pride and Prejudice. Oh, okay. Um, but I am very excited to dive into it. Um, I was recently thinking about, uh, one of her books that I read, which is a retelling of Pride and Prejudice. And it's just absolutely amazing. It sets it just after World War II. It makes all the characters so relatable. I feel like a lot of times there's a lot of the Pride and Prejudice message gets distorted and lost. And I feel like that book kept it and built upon it in such a way that is so hard to find so i'm very excited to start this one of hers it's i've been on like a weird romance kick Hmm. weird because it's just not something that i normally dive into so much so i'm embracing it so what about you what are you reading next i am going to finally get caught up all the way on saga so I have the first two books, which I believe is the first like 36 chapters or so. So basically I ordered the last three trade volumes because I can't wait for book three. Book three, I think, doesn't come out until June. So I was like, yep. I can't wait. So I ordered the last three volumes, seven, eight, and nine, and they came in today. And then I should be fully caught up for the hiatus that it's Ooh. on. Um, so that's what I'll be reading is those three. <laughs> I'm very excited. That's awesome. Yeah. I think you're going to love it and also um, just have tissues ready, like, through the whole thing. Just, yeah, there's a lot that goes on in Saga. <laughs> I will I will let you know when I finish. Please do, because, like, I'm looking now, because I wanted to see if they've, like, even announced maybe when 10's coming out, because I, I don't remember what the last issue is. Um like when this hiatus is supposed to be over so 55 would be the next one and like i think it starts with like six or seven where it was just like well thanks for ending this with me like sobbing i appreciate it yeah cool guys yeah and i have a friend who warned me he was like it's on hiatus now and there's a kind of a cliffhanger so just just be like ready i was like okay yeah yeah i yep i was warned and i still read it on the train coming back from philadelphia and um yeah don't do that so read this at home yeah got it (laughs) oh the first i googled saga 55 to see I've heard it's a year-long break, but I've also, the first one says goes on indefinite hiatus, and I'm like... Yeah. I saw that, but then I thought I saw something from the author saying that they were going to come back to it to, like, finish it out 
the way it needs to be finished but then i didn't want to look anymore and accidentally spoil yeah, something spoil, so i stopped yeah. looking <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i understand it because like unlike other comics like that have writers that come in and out or at least artists that come in and out saga has been done by the same two people the entire run yeah and i get like brian k vaughn is doing that's who writes saga right shit mm-hmm. yeah yep um has other comics that he's you know got to do and stuff and and i think the artist whose name i'm totally blanking on which is terrible um what is her name i gotta look it up because i'm i'm i it's terrible that i can't fiona staples okay yes um i can't remember if fiona has other things that she was doing or if it was because of like they she had started a family i don't um it and maybe a combination of the two but either way like i get it they've been putting this out almost every month for 54 months Mm. they need a break and that's totally understandable and also really sad yeah so and then so for us we will be coming back with our challenge for next time is comics not (laughs) done by dc marvel or image (laughs) Yeah, so no, I'm sure we'll still talk Saga. We're going to. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, because we're going to have to check yeah. in to see if I read what I said I was going to. So we'll we'll That's chat about that. <laughs> but it won't be the entire episode. No, for the entire episode, it, the rest of the episode, it'll be Lock and Key, which is written by Joe Hill, illustrated by Gabriel Rodriguez. We're going to do the first three volumes of that. Yay, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, which I know you said you've read the first one a little while ago, and I have not read any of them, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that this one's not one of the big three, because um, there are a bunch of bigger known comics that don't come from the the three, and this one, I I remember reading the first volume and being like, wow, I feel like very late to the game on this, and uh, and then stopping for whatever reason and just being like, I'll read the rest of this eventually, so it'll be good. It is a horror comic, so that'll be fun, getting us back to our horror roots. Yeah, maybe this will be something that scares us. Maybe. That'll be good to find (laughs) out. Yeah. I could use a good scare. Nice. (laughs) Anything else you want before we say where people can find us at? No. Good. Cool. So where can people find you besides here? <laughs> uh, check me out on my blog. Uh, it is, I think, linked in the show notes, but it is Meg Griffin with three G's in the middle dot com. I go through book reviews. I do top 10 Tuesdays. Um, I'm probably going to start putting my one shots because I think I'm going to do a bunch of one shots for the month. Essentially trying to get my just writing as a more regular thing out there. Um, and also there are links to my fan fiction if you want to go read the fan fiction that I write. So that's really embarrassing to put out there, but hey, I'm doing it. <laughs> what about you? Where can people find you? I finally have an answer. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I will for March and April, basically. <laughs> uh, so you can find me in the March-April edition of Bust Magazine, the one with Taraji P. Henson on the cover, which, side note, I was very excited that I had someone I really like. I mean, I figured I was going to like whoever was on the cover, I mean, but, yeah, but still very happy with yeah, who's on the cover. Um, I wrote the one-handed read for that edition. That's so exciting. So you got to check it out. It's a little piece of erotica. 
very happy. My <laughs> sister texted me a picture or uh, posted when I posted about it on Facebook. She sent me a picture that saying that her and my mom bought their own copies. Um, so I got a text from her after and my mom called and said that it was really good. They both really liked it. And my mom goes, yeah, reminded me of myself in a situation I was in. And I was like, what? Nope. She said, <laughs> she's like, I'm just kidding. But then I was like, I don't know if you're just kidding. <laughs> I don't think she is. Everyone has lived a life. Yep, that's very true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's so exciting, though. Thank you, thank you. I'm very excited about it. I had wanted to submit to them for a while, and I just kind of talked myself out of it. And then finally, was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And so I submitted that last fall. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's very excited. So I'm very proud. I can't wait. I haven't picked Thank up a you. copy yet, but I will be. <laughs> I did not realize it's March. It is March. <laughs> I know. I, I kept checking. Like, I am a subscriber, so I got mine probably like a week or so ago, and I saw it in there. And then I kept checking their website, but it still said the, the January, February one on newsstands. And I was like, come on, change, change, change. <laughs> so I can post about it because <laughs> they list their table of contents on the website. You can't get the one-handed reads on the website. Okay. You have to get the magazine. I checked. Um but I kept waiting for that to update so I could post a picture of the table of contents from from the website. So. It's so awesome. Yeah. Very excited. So go get that. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yep. And then for us, you can find us on all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, everything at JVC Podcast. And then you can also find us at the Facebook page, a Handbook for Judging Fabulous Retellings Covers. <laughs> So join us again in two weeks where we will be doing the first three volumes of Lock and Key. And in the meantime, keep supporting your local libraries.